okay. But does this thing move a little bit? I probably do need to be my own birth coach. Give it a try. You're not out anything. Would be so. Put it on your phone and then just like, okay, Alexa, play my play my birthing notes. (laughs) Robin, I feel like we're on to something. Well, it probably (laughs) wouldn't be timed quite right. And you know, and I remember when you're in that moment. I mean, you have this perfect plan, but then when you're actually in labor, you're just like, oh, not that. You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Lead Him to Life. I feel like I'm sitting down across from one of my mentors a little bit right now. Aww. Robin, you're going to be surprised by that, but I really I really am. I told Matt the other day when I told him that I was going to have Robin Brigham on, I was like, I just want to learn from her and receive from her as a mom, as a wife that's ahead of me in the journey. And you just have so much wisdom to share. So mm. welcome to the podcast, Robin. I'm ready to soak in all of your wisdom. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Okay. I'm Robin Bruggeman. I am wife to Spike. We've been married for 27 years. What's Spike's real name? His real name is Mike. Michael is his given name. Okay. Where Mike, did Spike come from? His siblings named him that. Okay. And they think it's just because it rhymed with Mike. So Spike has stuck all these years. Wow. And everybody just knows him as Spike. Yeah. I didn't so, even know his real name. Yeah. Most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, married to Spike for 27 years. We live on the farm that he was raised on which is right on the border between Iowa and South Dakota. We live in Iowa. So um, we're a farm family. And then he has a business, an auto repair shop on our farm too. So he rarely leaves the farm. We joke, except for mass. That's about the only time he leaves the yard. And then we have seven great kiddos. Um, Michaela, our oldest, is married. Has our first grandbaby. Melody will be six months. I know. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Okay. And then we have Carter, um, who's 21. Um, And then Julia's 18. Um, Justina is 14. And then um, Blaze is 12, Fulton is 10, and my baby Benedict is 7. So we've got kind of a wide range of yeah. kiddos in there. and You have yeah, this full, the full spectrum. Yeah. Um, okay, difference between being a mom and a grandma. Do you feel like you relate to, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you do relate to that child differently. Like, what's the, how would you describe the difference? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's different. And Yet, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I had a baby. Yeah. You know, that was just like Benedict just turned seven. Yeah. And so I feel like it's so fresh on my mind just having my own baby yeah. and taking care of it. Yeah. And um, but yet it's just so sweet. It is so sweet to think of your own child having their own child. So it's pretty precious. I love it. Yeah. Um, how did you and Spike meet? We met, um, he's a few years older than me in school, and my parents built a house up the hill from his family farm. So we were on the bus together, didn't know each other, didn't like each other then because he was a few years older, but of course, basically school. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Okay. And then um, how old were you when you got married? I was 18. Were you really? Yes, I was. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Okay. Yeah, isn't that How crazy? Did you, yes. I and am Spike like was super 21. pro this. Yeah. And he was 21. Yep. Yep. Okay. I did not prepare you for any of the questions that I'm about to ask <laughs> you, but I'm actually really curious. I feel like culturally we 
delay marriage a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people uh, just by they haven't found the right person or whatever. And that that's a reality, too. But there's this kind of underlying thing and trends will show this like we're getting married later and later and later. Mm-hmm. What do you think was the benefit of getting married young or maybe the challenges of getting married really young? I don't know. You know, it wasn't that uncommon when I got married young. There were mm-hmm. other people in our school, you know, we mm-hmm. um, live in a rural area mm-hmm. and it wasn't uncommon. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I have, I knew that I love Spike and that's that he yeah. was the one I wanted to marry. And I just love that we've just had that time together from the start, you know, yeah. where we dated and went into marriage. And yeah. um, now I will say when I look at my 18 year old, I have an 18 year old daughter now. Yeah. And I quite often find myself looking at her now going, wow, like that's how I was, I was engaged at your age. And just the thought of her being married seems so different, but I do think we live in different times. The yeah. world is so different than yeah. um, it was, you know, yeah. when we got married. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but I'm definitely, we are very pro um, don't date without, now I wasn't like this when Spike and I were dating. I didn't know to be like this. I just knew in my heart he was the one, but with our own kids, it's marry right and don't, um, dating isn't something to mess around with yeah. and it's not a game. Yeah. You know, if your goal is to find a mate, um, just have that on your mind yeah. and be serious about it yeah. and intentional. And so. I appreciate that. Just the, the concept of marry right, like marry mm-hmm. well, marry right. someone that you genuinely enjoy and genuinely like. Like I For think that sure. there's a lot of people that marry someone that they love and they don't actually really like them. Right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Be- and especially just because culturally, like the the reality of dating now, I think is that there's a lot of um, individuals that end up living together or like passing on a, or a crossing boundaries mm-hmm. physically that they shouldn't be crossing or whatever. And it creates this bond between two people who are not yet bonded to each other. Right. And it right. can really mess with, you know what I'm saying? Totally. Like it can totally. really mess with yeah. the freedom to choose well, to marry right, yeah, to yeah. find someone that you really like. And unfortunately, that that message just isn't out there very much right now. You yeah. know, kids are not getting that message in yeah. today's world. And so that's sad. I wish we could have just a revival or a shakeup in yeah. young people's dating lives on what it really is. Yeah. You know, and I think it's all, if you look at it from um, like a Christian or I don't want to say a holiness angle, but kind of, you know, it's let's just do this in a godly way, mm-hmm. I think would change so many things mm-hmm. too. So. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Okay, so you have seven kiddos? Yep. I'm curious, because you have kind of this range, so you, mm-hmm. you're you now a grandma, you have a child that's married and starting her own family, all the way down to your little seven-year-old. Um, is there a stage of motherhood? I'm in the early trenches, mm-hmm. right? Of uh, Maybe I shouldn't call them early trenches, but I'm in the early years of learning what it means to be a mom and uh, with littles at home and that kind of thing. Is there a stage of motherhood that was most challenging for you? And maybe it's the same answer, but a stage of motherhood that's been most rewarding or like most, Mm -hmm. most life giving to you? That's a hard question, I think. And you can't say every stage because every <laughs> well, stage is special. I know. <laughs> You're you know, totally going to say I was gonna, that. Well, I was kind of going to let every stage is <laughs> great and every stage is very hard. I will mm. say it was harder when I had a lot of littles under my feet. Um, 
I mean, it came with its own challenges. And at that time when they were all little, we focused so much on the little problems that we thought were big, just getting through the day, you know, not sleeping or just the craziness of little people, which is so beautiful, but can be very crazy for a mom. Yeah. And if I could go back now, I would just not focus on the things that were hard or the little hard little bumps that little people bring and just enjoy it more, I think. Hmm. Um, I don't know. But I, you know, I I do feel like Spike and I were always intentional because we had mentor friends that were, you know, further along in the journey than us. I would always say, you know, go so fast. We all hear it. Go so fast. Yeah. Make sure you take it all in and don't focus on the small things. So I feel like we did. So I do feel like I can look back at my my grown, you know, my older kids. I can look back and think, okay, I did really intentionally try to take it all in. It did still go fast. I did still mess up along the way here or there, or I wish I would have done this different. But I do feel like I did really try to soak it in, mm-hmm. even when it was hard. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah. I do think all stages are really great. Yeah. You know, I, there's just so many sweet memories to make when they're little and innocent and Fun, but then they grow into these amazing people. Yeah. You know, that you form a relationship with. I mean, my girls are like my best friends too, you know, and it's just oh so beautiful. So Oh, I'm so excited. Every stage is so great. But it trying really to is. but trying to be present. Be present. Be present that is a big one. It's a huge is a yeah. huge reality. And I think that's yeah. difficult, you know, for me, like in the middle of a meltdown, I <laughs> Uh, my toddler's meltdown <laughs> or my meltdown, however you want to look at it. Um, I think it can be so difficult to remember to like, yeah, not allow the little problems to mm-hmm. have more weight than they ought to. Right. You know, I have to right. remind myself sometimes, okay, who is the adult here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally. Because you can kind of just feel like so wrapped up into the into the little mm-hmm. world. Um, as your as some of your kiddos have gotten bigger. Um, my, my grandma always said when they're little, they're little problems. Mm-hmm. And when they're big, they're bigger problems. Right. Has that been a challenge? Cause those, cause the problems that a high schooler or a young adult faces mm-hmm. are, they just bear not to minimize, you know, the sufferings mm-hmm. of a child or, or the difficulties that a child faces, but it just, it takes on a different tenor. And I'm mm-hmm. curious, I have no idea what that will be like. Yeah. So I'm curious from your perspective how that has been, you know, like yeah. still remaining a parent to young adults or, you know, high school students mm-hmm. who are kind of well on their way and more independent yeah. and self-sufficient, I guess. Yeah. I do. I mean, people told us that too, like little problems, little people, yeah. big people, big problems. And that's definitely true, um, but not terrifying and scary. Yeah, You know, I think... Um, I mean, it was definitely easy when, you know, a baby pooping up their back was a big problem compared to worrying about kids out on the road driving, you know? Right. Um, So, but I I would say that as a parent, I think what I wasn't as prepared for when they got older is there's so much more to worry about. And, And I don't like obsessively worry about anything and we try to turn it over to God, but there's definitely more to worry about when they're Hmm. growing up, Mm -hmm. you know, but. How do you, okay, so you say turn that over to the Lord. Are there some practical things that you have found to be helpful in doing that or that you and Spike do together? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I kind of asked him because he had, you know, shot us a couple of ideas of what to, we would visit on. And I kind of asked him, you know, about how do we approach that? And he said, prayerfully and carefully. 
with each decision, with each kiddo, with our, you know, how we're raising them, how we're disciplining them. And he said, prayerfully and carefully, and and that we're always focusing on what's the next best thing to do. What's the next right thing to do, Yeah. whether it's with the kids, whether it's with us, whether it's how we're, you know, parenting them or trying to raise them is always what's the next right thing. And let's prayerfully and carefully consider how we're going to tackle mm. that or go about that. Yeah. I love, I love carefully as the, know, as the right? additional word there. He's so yeah. good. He is. He's so um, wise. I yeah. just love him. <laughs> yeah. He's the best. He is. Um, yeah. I, I love that because there's just this intentionality to that that recognizes the importance and the weight of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Also, without b- allowing it to be paralyzing. Right. You know, right. I think yeah. that there's there's moments for mm-hmm. parents in in our lives where there really is this like, I have no idea what to mm-hmm. do here or I don't know. You know, Matt and I have looked at each other at different times with little things, but like, I honestly don't know what the best option is. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if we should take them into the doctor or not take them into the right, doctor right. or whatever it might be. And, uh, but prayerfully, and then just carefully, like carefully proceed, mm-hmm. make a decision, move forward with caution, with eyes wide open in recognition and preparation for like what's going to come next right? kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. I think that's so good. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think too that, God has given us so much grace in raising our kids. No joke. And I feel like once I really acknowledged that or became maybe a little more aware of the grace that he's already given all of us parents, that now that I know to tap into that grace, I feel like parenting isn't maybe as stressful or, um, I mean, it definitely is stressful. There is so much at stake when we're raising our kids. There is a lot at stake. Sure. But I do feel like tapping into that grace has been so helpful. And I just think there's so many that maybe, so many parents out there that maybe haven't heard that or thought of it that way, that God has given us this grace, this unending supply of it. And if we'll just remember to tap into that source first, which is him, then he provides. And it just makes parenting a little more peaceful, I think. Yeah. Because we're connected to that source of where the grace is coming from. When did that realization come to you or when did you, know, you kind know. of have that shift <laughs> of like was it when you because you you're a convert I am to a convert, Catholicism yes. when did you convert so we were um, married for probably three years um, before I converted okay and then we didn't have kids until about five years into marriage okay so, um and I will say when I converted I converted and it was probably more of a um just something to do it seemed like the right thing to do Okay. It was the next best thing to do at okay. that time. I was, it was like, the okay. next right thing. Yeah, it was the next right thing. But I didn't necessarily, I didn't know the Catholic faith. I didn't fully understand it. I definitely did not appreciate it at the time. Okay. And so I feel like I converted and then, you know, down the road had even like a, like this conversion, like a real conversion. Like I converted, but I don't feel like I really like a conversion had this conversion. What brought about the conversion of heart? You know, something specific um, or was it just a series of, I think it was a series of things, but I think the seed was planted, um, Monsignor Andrasco, I just love him to death yeah. and he's really the reason I became Catholic. Okay. And, um, so Spike and I were married in my church. Okay. I was raised in a nice Protestant, um, sure. church, faith, sure. family, and, um, got married in my faith. 
and then eventually had to get our marriage blessed to make things right with the Catholic Church, which is a story for a whole nother day. Uh-huh. Um, but he um, prepped us for that. So we were, it was funny. We were preparing to be married, even though we were already married we for two years. That was pretty funny. I thought I was actually going to flunk the, we used to have to take the focus thing. Do they do it anymore? <laughs> I was a nervous wreck because I was like, oh my gosh, like, are we going to take this test? We're already married for we're two years. Married, are they going to totally like gonna tell us we can't be married? But we passed. It was all good and fine. <laughs> but we met with Monsignor and he planted the first seeds. But even then I was like, I am never becoming Catholic. I had just, I was just ish on Catholic at the time. So I was like, I'm never becoming Catholic just so you know, whatever. So we had our marriage blessed. And then a year later, and I think it was just Monsignor and Drasco just um, just welcoming me in at Holy Spirit and um, getting us involved. Yeah. In such a sweet way about yeah, him. Yeah, totally. And the sparkly blue eyes. Yes, yeah. yes. Can't say no to him. Yeah. And um, so eventually, you know, I would say it was more after we had Michaela. So I converted. We got married or had our marriage blessed at about two years. And then I converted to Catholicism about three years into our marriage. Okay. So I had some sort of a change of heart, obviously. Yeah. I would have never done yeah. it. So I wanted to become Catholic, but I didn't understand the faith. I didn't embrace it. It was just a thing to be like, you know what? Okay, this seems like it's easier. If we're going to have kids, we want to exactly. go to the same place. Exactly. Like and almost like a practical. Yes, yes. This seems right. Yes, and that's what it was. It was looking ahead saying, you know, we can go to each other's church every single Sunday. You yeah. go to mine with me. I'll go to yours with you. Right. But with kids, that would be a disaster. So yeah, we did decide right. to make it more simple. Yeah. Um, so the shortened version of the story is that I decided to become Catholic yeah. and it's been the best decision I ever made other than marrying Spike. It's the best decision I ever made. And I can say that now that I embrace our faith and love it. Yeah. And I mean, Catholicism has changed my life. It's beautiful. Thanks be to God that I had an open heart to it. But even at, you know, when we were married for three years and I converted over, it was just more like, okay, I'm Catholic now. Mm-hmm. And then I would say it was more probably after having Michaela. So when we first got married, um, or when we got our marriage blessed, Monsignor said, you know, um, your only goal as a married couple is to help get each other to heaven. And that made such an impact on me then. And I remember thinking, well, okay, don't I focus on getting me to heaven? He'll get him to heaven. You know, just the whole concept of, no, you get each other to heaven. I remember thinking, wow, like, that's new. okay, yeah. Hmm. And, um, you know, and he said that, you know, I'm like, how do we do that? And he said, you know, you just do that by loving each other the best you can. You just love each other, love each other. Love the heck out and, of each other. Uh, yeah. And you'll get each other to heaven, you know, do what's right. It's so simple, I know, it? right? Yeah. So then we had Michaela and um, our oldest daughter, and then he did our baptism prep, and he said, you know, now it's just not getting you and Michael to heaven. Now you have a new Bambino that you have to get to heaven too. So your focus is shifting. You do whatever it takes to get your family to heaven, whatever it takes. And that has just stuck with me all through our married life and, you know, up till now with the kids. And I feel like that's our focus in parenting and you know we don't we're not perfect we don't have all the answers but our focus in our disciplining and our just our culture of our family is how are we going to live to get our family to heaven let's do the best we can with what we have make the best decisions we can and get each other to heaven and we pray that every day you know help mm -hmm. us to help each other get to heaven and not lose anybody on the way Mm. whatever it takes, you know, get holy or die trying, yeah. you know, whatever it takes. So I think that's helped us through parenting is just embracing that, just embracing that. And I think it's also easier. Now I kind of see what Monsignor is talking about. You know, if I'm focused on getting Spike to heaven and obviously need to do myself, I need to take care of myself and hopefully get my yeah. own butt there. <laughs> but if I'm focusing on, okay, what do I need to do to get Spike to heaven? What do I need to do to get my kiddos to heaven? 
it's a little harder to treat someone with nasty, not niceness. If you're like, well, that's not going to get me there, you know? Yeah. So I think that focus of just loving somebody the best you can yeah, and just doing whatever it takes to live the best you can and getting each other to heaven. This is why I want you to be my mentor. Robin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you just, you, you exude that love and, um, and you're so humble too in the recognition of like, where nobody's going to do it perfectly. And yet there's just this intentional focus um, in your family. That's I think really contagious to be around um, that I'm like, man, yeah, I want, you know, I want Matt and I to, to lean into that in the same way. And so it's just such an encouragement as you're, as you're talking about this, um, seven kiddos, a f- farm life and, uh, business as well, all of these things that are on your plate, how have you and Spike continued to, to be on the same page and to prioritize your marriage amidst all of that. Because Mm -hmm. I think, um, okay, based on what we were just talking about, I could see where someone would be like, okay, I am going to spend every waking moment with my children because it's my job to get them to heaven. Mm -hmm. And I need to like pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out. And there's, and there's truth in that. Um, and yet there's this priority that, that God gives to marriage, that God gives to spouses and this recognition that this pours forth from like children are pouring forth from the love of spouses, right. not totally. just in a physical sense, but also in a spiritual sense and ongoingly so in a spiritual and an emotional sense. Right, right. So how do you and Spike continue to prioritize your marriage? 20, <laughs> how long have you been married? 27 and a half years. 27 and a half yeah. years yeah. in. You know, um, a couple things we do. Well, I think for starters, your kiddos um, are going to listen to this like, blah, 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 uh, blah. <laughs> well, you know, I've always thought, you know, I just, oh my goodness, I am so passionate about married life. I yeah. am. I love yeah. being married. I have never not loved being married. Yeah. I just love everything about it. And Spike and I both agree that if we could leave one thing to our family, it's not going to be lots of money. It's not going to be all these belongings. It's going to be the legacy of them knowing that their parents loved each other like deeply madly. And if and I, I know my kids know that. Yeah. But it's important that I mean, we just want to leave that with them that no matter what, like I know if that my kids will be able to go, you know what, I know my folks loved each other so much, so crazy. Yeah. They were so in love. And so that's always been a focus of ours. And I think, you know, if Spike and I aren't on the same page then we can't raise our family as one, you know, if we're mm. on different pages. So that's important to us to be on the same page. So, you know, it's funny because I, um, we haven't got, a, there were so many years we didn't even go out one single night on a date <gasps> when we were raising Robin. our family. We just, we had all these kiddos and either we didn't have a sitter or I just hated to ask anybody or no one volunteered but it was okay. You know, I remember being in those trenches just thinking, I just want a half an hour with him out, you know, without yeah. kiddies, you know. But I was in, you know, we would go out maybe for supper, but I'd have a nursing baby with or whatever. Sure. So I said, like, you know, how did we, you no, know, we stay connected. We did. We never were not connected, but how did we do that? So I asked him today. Yeah, what did he like, say? Because I know we've been connected, but what are you doing? He said, it's a culture. Because he said, um, I, I forget, wait, oh, how do you prioritize your marriage? And he said, prioritizing it is a verb. And he said, um, it's not just what you do, it's a culture. 
So he said, we have a culture, like our married life within our family is a culture. It's just what we do. And he said, you know, it's the looks we give each other, like across the table when I just, you know, we look at each other and we meet eyes and we can just talk with our eyes. (laughs) It's a touch, you know, like when life is crazy, there's, there's kids all over the place, but we walk by each other and it's a touch. It's just those little loving things that we can do amongst the craziness without having to go out on dates. Now now we do. Now we've got, you know, grown up kids that we can actually go. It's so much fun. Oh my gosh. It's like, we actually get out without babies. So it's really great. But I just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, you can stay connected without having to leave home. You know, there's, there are those ways, but I will say though, I think the one thing that keeps us grounded is we do what I call word before world. And we have the luxury of doing this because Spike Farms and his business is on the yard that he, um, you know, when he goes to work, He's just walking outside the yeah. door onto the farm. Yeah. So um, every day before he goes out, unless one of us are at morning mass, um, we always start the morning together with our readings. Always. So it's always before the kids get up. It's before the crazy sets in. You know, some of the kids have, you know, gone off school to their activities, whatever, but it's when it's quiet, we do the readings of the mm-hmm. Catholic Church every morning, do the prayers. That's when we talk about, you know, what's going on maybe in the day or maybe something that's going on with one of the kiddos. That is our shelter time that I just love. It's just like mm-hmm. our little protected devotion time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's helped keep us grounded because um, we're up late. Our kids don't go to bed till like midnight. And so we don't get that time. Like a lot of parents put their kids to bed at yeah, eight and they've and got that time. that time. We're kind of flipped. We start our mornings together and then okay. um, play till we conk out yeah. <laughs> at night. <laughs> so. I'm... I'm struck because I feel like something Matt said to me about six months ago uh, is making more sense. And and it was essentially the same thing as what Spike was talking about in terms of culture, like marriage is a culture in mm-hmm. in our house. And I, I think it was like it must have been in the middle of a of a trying week or something like that, because I remember saying to Matt, like, man, I just, I want a date night. Like, I just want something to look forward to, just mm-hmm. us, that whatever, mm-hmm. you know, we can do. And for, and for whatever reason, it just wasn't lining up that week. And I was feeling so disappointed because we're pretty intentional about that, mm-hmm. but we're really blessed in that. Um, shout out to grandparents who are super <laughs> helpful. Um, but I remember like being so discouraged wanting that time and and Matt just really challenging me Um and him saying, like, Emily, we don't need to go out or to be away in order for us to feel connected mm-hmm. and whatever. And and I knew that it was true, but I was, like, resistant to it because of where I was right. coming from at that moment. I just was yeah. feeling overwhelmed with littles and um, whatever. But but I think you're, you're so um, – it's so wise how you're articulating that. Like, marriage has to be part of the culture of our mm-hmm. household – not just this separated thing. Right. And I must, and I still would be like, I want you and Spike to keep on going on date nights. <laughs> I'm such an I am loving it. I mean, now <laughs> that so we're fun. able to get out, yeah. oh my goodness. But and, like, I, because it yeah. is necessary. It, yeah. it is. It is necessary yeah. to fill yourselves up again. Yeah. Because it's so important to stay one. And it's hard to win. Right. I mean, even if you don't have littles and right. it's parenting But if we're waiting for date night, we're actually missing it. If you, I think you, if we're you waiting, like if you're not going yeah, through every day. Yeah. Like if we're just that, waiting yeah. for a date night to um, invest in our marriage or to mm-hmm. feel like we're investing in our marriage, we're actually totally missing the mark. Right. Like yeah. 
it should be in the ordinary, in the sacredness of our home that we've created. And that For might sure. mean like, I have a coworker. I love it. Like when he gets home and his kids are a tiny bit older now, but before the kids can come, dad, I want this, dad, I want this, dad, I want this. Like he and his wife sit down and have 20, 25 minutes of conversation yeah, where they awesome. talk about their days. And that's like the culture in their house. Yep. The kiddos know that's what's anticipated. That's what's expected. Right. That's what's necessary. And I think that's important for what all couples should do. Yeah. Is, you know, it's going to look different in each of our yeah. homes. Like Spike like and I can morning do mornings, time. but yeah. that's not realistic for yeah. two people or even one that are heading out the door every morning. Yeah. yeah. So like your coworker that does it, you know, like a home yeah. or like you and I were at the same um, marriage conference yeah. where Deacon talked about having the happy hour. And Spike yeah. and I did actually try and do that this summer. Did and you? it was Good so much fun. I would like mix up a cocktail Good and for you. come out to the shop and be like, hey, yeah. it's kind of time for a break. And I thought that was the best advice it was. ever. It was, it was so good. Yeah. There's something so fun and spontaneous about that. Mm-hmm. It just makes me giddy. So we did try that a little bit too. And it's good easier to do in guys. the summer. But yeah. I think it's just important for, you know, we just can't be giving our best to our kids if our marriage isn't... Um, you know, if we're not good there too and yeah. focusing on one another, yeah. you know, we chose to be with that person, to marry them and to be with yeah. them for life. Yeah. You know, so let's just love them like crazy and love on our families yeah. Yeah. and just focus on getting people where they need to go, yeah. which isn't all to their sports practices. It is to heaven. Yeah. That is our ultimate goal. So preach. I love that quote. I don't know who it came from, but something something along the lines of, the greatest gift that you can give your child is loving your spouse. Yes, for sure. And it affects generations. Oh, totally. That's what we tell our kids. And and even Spike and I will talk about, you know, how we are to one another and what the kids see. You know, because some people are like, oh, you know, how much love do you show in front of the kids? I mean, obviously, we don't do tons of PDA in front of the kids. Do you kiss in front of your kids? Well, sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, not like make out or anything. (laughs) We don't want them to be too uncomfortable. But um but yes, definitely, because we want yeah. them to see this, what a healthy marriage looks like. Yeah. And so they know how to be, if their vocation is to be married, Yeah, they how else are they going to learn it? Yeah. You know, other than at home. And that's another thing we're, we're super passionate about, just parents being the primary educators with the faith, but in other things like that. Yeah. Like, how can we model the best for them? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Because so of, much of what we receive going into marriage is actually what our parents Exactly. exhibited to us. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. good or bad. Yeah. So yeah, totally. Um, totally. Yeah, it's it's intentional. You just have yeah. to be intentional and mindful yeah. about what they're absorbing yeah. they're all the time. Yeah. We, I mean, our family culture is is there. I mean, whether we intentionally say, I'm setting out to have this great family culture or not, our kids living in our homes, it that's what they see. That is what their family is. That's that's family. So mm-hmm. we want to try to give them the best that we can, which I think we all do. All of us parents, yeah. obviously, yeah. want the best for our kids. Right, but. right. We just had some couples over recently. We get together um, every other week, and we were talking about just showing affection in front of um, in front of our kids and the power of that. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about in regard to all of our parents and, um, you know, like, like Matt and I's parents, for example, are – they are very affectionate to each other and so like flirt with each other. Aww. And, you know, they just really like each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matt and I were just sharing how that I think has impacted our, our approach to marriage. Yep. You know, yeah. the fact that our parents just, they do everything together. Yeah. Like my parents are together all the, like all to all the time. Mm-hmm. And, 
yeah, um, they play tennis together. They ride motorcycle together. They do whatever. Like they're they're they recreate together. Yeah, yep. And and it really does. It makes such an impact on before I ever even got married. What I envisioned marriage to right. look like. What I wanted the culture of my own family yep. to look like because of what was, you know, illustrated to yep. me. So I think you're so. Um, yeah, I, I just love how you're articulating that. Like we have to demonstrate that to our kids to be the first educators mm-hmm. to them in what healthy marriage looks like and what healthy relationships For sure. look like. For sure. Um, so one of the other things that I wanted to ask you about last, was it last week? I think last week's podcast, um, I had a gal named Rachel on and mm-hmm. we were talking about rhythm of life and yep. um uh, or even like a rule of life that we mm-hmm. live by. And you um, do a lot of educating and encouraging to to moms like me and to other families um, about living liturgically mm-hmm. and really leaning into whether it's the season of Advent or leaning into mm-hmm. the season of Christmas or the feast days that we as Catholics celebrate. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe it's a, a saint that we look to for kind of heroic virtue or something like that. Um, how do you feel like living liturgically has created a rhythm in your family and what's been the, what's been the fruit of that? Cause it really, yeah, it's a rhythm. It is a rhythm and it's like a dance. It's like, I feel like we dance with okay, the church more about that. and that just occurred to me just last week as I've been kind of doing more with li- living liturgically. So we've been living liturgically since that was a phrase, before it was a phrase. Yeah, like <laughs> it before was just, it was a thing. Yeah. We were like the original hipsters yeah. of living liturgically. So <laughs> living liturgically is just, it's an awareness of what's going on in the church liturgical year and the church cycle. And so it's just that awareness of, okay, what's going on in the church today? You know, is it a feast day? Is it a saint day? It's it's Advent now. What's the yeah. season? So we're aware of what the church is celebrating right now. And then uh, we take that into our home. So even like the mass readings on Sunday, it's kind of just an extension. So I feel like living liturgically and living with that rhythm of the Catholic church is an extension of the church into our home. And our when we, we pay, church. yeah, when, of our domestic church, exactly. And when we're paying attention to what's going on in the church, we're building our faith life. We're yeah. learning. So I'm not an expert with the Catholic faith, not at all. I'm still learning, but we're learning about our faith. But I feel like it's this, the church is already going, right? The church is like this wheel. It's just turning. It's going. Yeah. It's intentionally, perfectly laid out. And if we want to get on that, we can just like, jump in and just get in that cycle of it. It's kind of like reinventing the wheel. Exactly. It's already there. Yeah. So we can just pay attention to what's going on each day in the Catholic church by following the calendar, following the readings, and then just extending that more in our family life. Maybe it's just talking about what's going on. Maybe it's, um, you know, doing something like today. Okay. So today is the feast of St. Ambrose. And he was known um, when he was a baby flies landed on his forehead or not flies, excuse me, bees. And his parents were like, Oh my goodness, there's bees swarming around his head. Right. And they left, they left him untouched, but left a drop of honey on his forehead. What? And so his parents were like, Oh my goodness, we know something sweet is going to come from this. We, and then that's where it came that when he spoke, so as, as he grew to be an adult and later on a bishop, his words were sweet like honey. People wanted to hear what he had to say. So they were sweet as honey. So there's that connection. So now today, 
Um, so I read that saint story to my kiddos. And now tonight, I'll just do something with honey. You know, I'll get honey out of the cupboard and we'll put it on a piece of toast or something. Yeah. But it's just making that connection. You don't have to do anything with food. It's just that yeah. awareness. Oh, look at this really great saint and what he contributed to our church and yeah. to the world and to history. And how can we just plant those seeds within our kiddos? So for me, I'm going to think of honey and then I'm going to do something with honey and then hope that'll be fun yeah. for the kids. So how can we make the the extension of our Catholic faith? How can we make it fun in the home too for yeah. kiddos? So yeah. that's just kind of an example of how we live liturgically and just have a little bit of fun with it on the yeah. way. But I just love, I just feel like I'm in this dance with the church. And as weird as that sounds, or I even have this picture of like double Dutch. I loved double Dutch as a kid. Yeah. Loved it, yeah. loved it. And not everybody could jump in and do it. Yeah. I could. And I just loved it. And it reminds me of that. that it's like, rhythm. we can all double Dutch. We can. Yeah. Like if we're thinking of the Catholic church, if we yeah. want to go deeper, we can't. So the double Dutch, you know, the church is just doing these jump yeah. ropes back and forth, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. It's like this cadence, this beautiful cadence. Mm-hmm. And it's just saying, jump on in, come on in. You can come in and yeah. you can just jump right in to that double Dutch. Yeah. Just keep on jumping. And then as you're jumping, you're learning, you're going yeah. with it. Yeah. It's fun. So okay, that's just Robin, kind of what I have. Preach to my heart for a hot second here because... <laughs> I know that all of our listeners are probably much more on top of things than I am, (laughs) but I can start to feel overwhelmed. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, perfect example. This past weekend was the Feast of St. Nicholas. Yeah. On Saturday, I was like, oh, dang it. I missed it. And I had my friend Mm -hmm. be like, no, it's not until Sunday. Right. Well, guess what? I missed it on Sunday too. Oh, that's okay. Matt and I totally dropped the ball. We like, we're talking about it (laughs) Sunday night and we were like, what the heck? We like even talked about it. We just totally like, I am not good at stuff like that. Yeah. And so then I, and then I was like, I'm a crap mom. No, no, no. Never think that. Okay. I know. Right. But so like preach to my, preach yeah. to my heart or maybe to the one other mom that's out there right. feeling that with me. You know, we, I didn't get this way overnight that I was mm. aware. It was a, such a slow process. It started with just celebrating baptism birthdays. And then so one more thing. It yeah. It's layering. You just layer you had yeah. one thing that, but but never something that doesn't feel right. You know, like I have a friend that she'll say, oh my gosh, liturgical living makes me about get hives. It just stresses me out. Wow. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's so I do fun now? to you. Yeah. But I acknowledge that liturgically living does not look the same in all of our lives. It doesn't have to look the same in yeah. all of our homes. Now to my It doesn't mean very, I have to be crafty, you're telling me. You don't me. have to be crafty. No, Praise the not Lord. at all. So I have a friend, she lives liturgically beautifully and she's in rhythm with the church and to her that is reading the readings every day it's acknowledging oh today is saint ambrose day it's advent it's whatever it's that just acknowledging and awareness and for her that fills her that's all she needs in her family and you know i know other people they just have um just a couple things they're celebrating throughout the whole year yeah and that's okay i mean whatever you're doing that god's calling you to do that's right where god wants you to to be god doesn't want us stressed out about it he wants it to feel natural because if something's not done in a natural way, we're not going to be bringing faithful happiness to our family. They're yeah. going to sense our stressed yeah. out and they're going to go, ew, yeah. that doesn't look fun. Why yeah. would I want to do that? You know? Yeah. So I just tell people, do what feels right. Yeah. If something sparks you on your journey, then by all means, try it. Yeah. But don't feel the pressure. And I always tell people too, if I talk on liturgically living, I make people promise, do not judge yourself or someone else. And just go with the flow. No judging and don't beat yourself up. I love it. No judging. Because yeah. we just need to do what works for our family 
yeah. and just go with it. It's and never it's am- meant to be stressful. Just have fun with it. And it's amazing when you find something that fits. Yes. And you'll know when it does. Yeah. Like yep. we, Matt and I just found something recently based on your suggestion of doing the traveling nativity. Yeah. Did I tell you yep. this? Yeah, yeah. And it's like my so new favorite fun. thing ever. Like yeah. the girls are so into it. And I mean, it's just been beautiful. I mean, it makes me want to cry because yeah. it's like brought Mary and Joseph to life in our home right. in this really powerful way. And But see, um, you're focusing on that. So even though you didn't do St. Nicholas Day, your girls don't know the difference. They don't know, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so they know that you have introduced this beautiful new tradition into your family that will probably last and they may do it when they leave your house yeah just do what fits and and just layer just layer things on as you go year by year and that's so beautiful because there's such richness we can't do it all that's true you can't you can't do it all so just do what you feel god is nudging you to do rich fruit but not too much of it that's right that's (laughs) right in moderation in moderation (laughs) all things in moderation Oh, Robin, I just, I'm so grateful for your wisdom and insights and just your encouragement. Like I said, you're just so contagious. I have one more question for you. Um, so I ask every guest that comes on Lead Him to Life if there's a question that you have been pondering. Um, <laughs> and as you know, this really stems from my desire to continue to pursue truth together, to continue to question um, what it is maybe that God has for us or what he wants to reveal to us um, about ourselves or others or whatever. So we always have to end with one more question. <laughs> left unanswered. Yeah. Um, so I want to know if there's a question that you have been pondering. Wow. So this is a tricky one because being a listener of your podcast, I know that you ask your guests that. Yeah. And so um, last night we had all the kids over for supper. Everyone is home. And I said, you guys, I'm going on Emily's podcast tomorrow. And she always asks her guests a question. I don't think I have anything. Like, I just, I don't know. And so I'm like, do you guys have anything? And they're like, no, I don't think so. So I saying, okay, what is my question? What am I pondering? And I just couldn't think of what it was. And okay. I'm like, oh my goodness, everybody has a question. <laughs> so I'm laying in bed last night. And um, well, to back up a little bit, God has been stirring something in me in the last um, few months. And it's been bubbling up inside me okay. that I feel he's calling me to do something um, that he's going to ask something of me. Okay. And this has kind of been just kind of this feeling I've had for a few months. And I, I know, I know yeah. it's God. He's been placing some people in my path and yeah. some things. And I'm like, okay, God, yeah. you're going to ask me to do something. Yeah. I just feel it, right? Yeah. So I'm laying in bed last night. It's like one thirty, and Spike kind of stirs. And he's like, hon, what are you doing awake? And I said, I don't know. I'm just, just can't sleep. I'm just thinking. I, and he's like, what are you thinking about? I said, well, I just know that God is going to ask me to do something. I just feel that there's something coming yeah. that he wants from me. And I just can't get out of my head. What is it that he wants? What is it that he wants? And yeah. also I'm laying there going, here's your question, Robin. What is it What that he does wants? God want from me right now? What? And I think we, throughout life, we have a question all the time. Yes. We have it daily. We can have it hourly, but then there's certain time, even moment Intensive to moment, periods. right? Yes. But this is exactly a more intense um, period where I just know God yeah. has something in store that He's going to ask of me and which is very exciting, but also can be terrifying. I was just going to ask, does that make you excited or nervous? Well, I have been excited about this thing that I think he's, or this general idea of something he's calling me to. Yeah. And, but I've been fighting it and I've been joking with people saying, God's been tapping me so long that I think I'm getting like a sore or a callus. (laughs) I'm like, come on already. I don't know. Like I feel you tapping. Yeah. Same spot the whole time. So it's been going on, and finally I'm laying in bed thinking, okay, Robin, I think that's what it is. My question is, okay, Lord, 
what are you going to ask of me? Yeah. And then it was, how am I going to answer? And then Spike's like, well, we, we have this big thing. Okay, so I'll tell you, my sister and I, the last couple of years when, you know, she's my best friend and we'll be talking and someone's going through something, you know, each other and we'll say, you know, thy will be done. Whatever the situation is, God's got it. Thy will be done. So over the last two years, that's kind of been our phrase. And I've ran across the Latin phrase for it, which is fiat voluntas tua. And I don't speak Latin well. So if someone else hears this and I said it wrong, have, you, yeah, you know, have them call you yeah. or me and tell me. <laughs> so anyways, I introduced my sister to that. And we said, you know what? Someday we are going to get tattoos <gasps> you with that on it. Yeah. So we did. You did. A oh my gosh, ago. I did. <laughs> it's there. It's there. It's on oh, my it's arm. cool. So um, about You're a month so hardcore, ago. You're so Robin. You have a tattoo. Yes, I know, right? I want uh, one. I've wanted one for, well, since before I had kids. That's another story. But anyways, we finally so cool. did it, right? Yeah. And it's so on we decided on this Fiat Valentis Tua, which means thy will be done. Uh-huh. But more importantly, the Fiat we know is Mary's yeah. yes. yes. was her yes to God. Yeah. So Fiat Valentis Tua not only means thy will be done, but yes, Lord, I want what you want. Oh. And so as I'm laying in bed, I said to Spike, I don't know. Well, what if God's going to ask me to do something that I just, I don't want to do it. And he said, you put a tattoo on your arm <laughs> that said you yes, will do what, you want. what God wants. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. you're right. I did. Yeah. And that I always, you know, we, it's easy to think, yeah, I want what God wants. Of course, I, I will be done. Of course. Yeah. But it's not so easy. Yeah. It's easy when it's like, yeah. okay, well, that's exciting. That's comfortable. I could probably do that. But if it's painful or scary or, you know, going to hurt. It's not as easy to right away be like, yes, Lord. Yeah. But you know, Mary did. When Mary, you know, when Gabriel appeared to Mary, she didn't say, you know what? Can I sleep on that? Can <laughs> I think about yeah. that? Really? I don't, I don't know. Can I talk to Joseph and ask yeah. if he's okay with me? Like yeah. being the mother to God without, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's just kind of funny how that worked out. So I guess my question is just wondering, and we all can wonder, hey, what does God want from yeah. me now? What is he asking of me? And then... Do I really want what God wants? I mean, that's ultimately our goal is to be in line with his will, which is the hardest thing ever. So I guess I had one question that led into a ball of questions that are all still one. That are all kind of wound up together. What do you want from me, Lord? And can I respond courageously with that? Yes, Lord, I'll do what you ask me to. Do you want to ask our listeners to say a prayer for your clarity? Yes, I think you're probably going to get it if they do. Yeah. So yes, definitely. Pray friends, for me, but yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank so you. friends, you can you can um add that to your prayer um intentions for Robin's clarity in what is it that you want from me, yeah. Lord? Well, Fiat Valentis Tua, thy will be done. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm going to include your um, Instagram tag that you've yep. been doing a ton of stuff on liturgical living. Um, it's mm-hmm. Divine Nine Living Lit. Yep. And there's an underscore in there somewhere. I don't think so. Divine Nine Living Lit. Just that? Okay. Yep. Um, so Facebook I'll put that Instagram. in the show notes, yep. though. And you can follow Sounds along good. with Robin on Instagram, or I think she has a, you have a Facebook page, yep. too, Facebook right? Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Um, so to follow along with great ideas and yeah, for, mm. for somebody, if you're like me, that's just trying to learn how to be a little bit more aware. She's an excellent resource for what's coming up and how to enter into the different liturgical seasons. Mm. So Robin, thanks so much for spending time. It's always fun to be around you, Emily. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> thanks for being my mentor. Uh, um, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, do share it with a friend. I hope it encourages you in your marriage and your parenting or wherever, st- whatever stage of life you may find yourself in. And we will see you next time. Bye.